Welcome back, everybody, to the Rising Action Podcast. I am one of your lovely hosts, Josh, and through the power of the internet, we have two guests today. It's not just Grayson. We're here with Tyler Sanchez from the Party Hard Podcast. So, Grayson, we're not even going to talk to you. Tyler, how are you doing today? Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, I have to say the Rising Action Podcast is, is a much better name for a movie, uh, a movie, a movie podcast that's about cinema. I don't know how, you know, I'll be honest, will ever, my w- will ever find us. <laughs> my wife, the other day, I hopped on an episode with Tyler a couple days ago and my wife asked me, she was like, Oh, what podcast are you hosting on? And I said, uh, they call it the party hard podcast. And she goes, what do you do on that podcast? And I was like, <laughs> I think we're going to talk about movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I'm, Maybe you guys can appreciate this, uh, but as a writer, I, I am so bad at coming up with titles for things. And I just, <laughs> and I, in the past, I've made the mistake of getting stuck on the title because of the the power that it can have for for the theme or the, you know what I mean. So I just, yeah, the it was kind of just a private joke for my friend and I at first of like, well, we had this show we were writing, this kind of uh, this animated kind of comedic high fantasy show, and we couldn't think of a name for it. Uh, so we just kind of did like a D and D thing where it's like, it's the party. Uh, and then it was just a line from, it was just an action line from one of the scripts. It was like the party is partying hard or something like that. And then it was like, okay, well that can be the podcast for now. It's fine. I can't think of anything. It's completely unrelated. It's not our personalities very much at all. Uh, I mean, we do get hype, but it's about movies and storytelling. So yeah. Yeah. For now, I, I it think works it's pretty great. It's great not, because you have no it. idea what you're signing up for. So I, yeah, I'm not going to change it. Awesome. And it's also and also a, another key thing for me too was that it, it isn't already taken, which is always a thing I stress about yeah. too. It's like, is this a name that someone else has? Is this, is this a brand already? And the only thing related to Party Hard is this indie video game about a serial killer that kills people at parties. Yeah, I think you're clear and that free. That actually on that sounds kind of sick. <laughs> <laughs> it seems un, it's I'm not related, so I think I'm in the clear for now. I'm looking yeah. at this game right now. <laughs> it's interesting. Grayson, I, I how are you about, doing? I thought about playing through it for the uh, for the channel, but I haven't gotten to it. Yeah, yet. I'm a big fan of indie oh, games. Bummer. I'm doing great though. Um, yeah, I I'm, I'm excited to talk about uh, the Suicide Squad, which yeah. uh, shameless plug. Yes. Also on my podcast, uh, Comet Blast podcast, we've already done a review, but it'll probably be a bit more different in tone. Uh, if you're looking for just a more fun, lighthearted uh, ep- version of the episode or review or whatever, you can go over to the Compass Podcast. But if, if you want more aggression, then you can go over to the Party Hard Podcast on we, YouTube or anywhere there are podcasts. Because we also did gr- review this one. As well. <laughs> aggression. And if you're here like and that. listening, go go and leave us a review on Apple Podcast yes. for Rising Action. Uh, we would appreciate that a lot. Uh, if you listen on Spotify, you're out of luck. You just have to listen to it. Um, or yeah, you can know, follow right? us on Instagram at risingaction underscore. But yeah. today we're talking about the Suicide Squad, not Suicide Squad from 2016. That was a total <laughs> dumpster fire, and we, it, it's not even worth mentioning. It was awful. garbage fest. Garbage fest. The Suicide Wait, Squad, man. though, released in theaters and HBO Max. What, like a week and a half ago now? Uh, yep, the day of recording this. So 2021. Two weeks. Yes. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, and and I think it was really interesting because I don't know what anybody expected the movie to be necessarily. And it came out, and I want to say that it surprised a whole lot of people. We'll start Goated. with you, Tyler. What did you, 
what were your like first? Well, okay, it was James Gunn, so maybe on the one hand, it wasn't that surprising, but it was <laughs> it was very different. Let's put it that way. Um, Tyler, you're the guest. You get to go first. What um, did you think about Suicide Squad? Just like knee jerk reaction. Well, I mean, it's interesting you bring up the trailer. I think because when I saw the trailer initially, it, it kind of felt like it was okay. We didn't like the first Suicide Squad, seems to be the consensus, probably from the creative side point as well. So are they just going to kind of go in and not necessarily make a... It's not really a remake, right? Because it's kind of a... It, sta- it tries to stand alone on its own. Like, it doesn't seem like they're trying to set up any sort of grandiose, like, continuation of these characters and the plot that's in this one. So just based off the trailer, it's like, okay, uh, maybe they're bringing in a, a, a heavier-hitting actor, no offense to, to Mr. Will Smith, uh, to play a pretty much similar role to what he was fulfilling as well. Yeah. And they're kind of just going to kind of reduce a similar formula in terms of the story but improve upon it and and bring in a little more of a uh, of a James Gunn of of honestly a, a a Marvel methodology to to making the film which is interesting also which was essentially my main thought about the movie it was like if you can't beat him join him it seems like yep. within the DC uh, cinematic universe and I don't know a ton about uh the comics especially not on the DC side of things but just from just going off of what is in the movies, it, it seemed like that. It seemed like okay, well, let's let him come in and kind of do his style, but with DC characters. Obviously, there's a harsher vibe to it. And my friend Michael brought up a good point where it seemed like they kind of just let James do what he does, and it seems like he did what he wanted to do for Guardians, where he was or he was probably sat on more for Guardians, right? So this one is more like he kind of just got free reign, and maybe that necessarily wasn't a good thing because there's some kind of out of the off-the-wall decisions and my main issue with with the movie kind of goes comes back to a structural issue where I just feel like there's there's too many confusing elements about flashbacking and flash forwarding and, and other things that I just don't think are necessary and then moments from from characters that aren't necessarily earned uh, mm-hmm. like it's a I don't know it was this weird need to establish intimacy with people I didn't necessarily need to be established with in intimacy you know what I mean it's it's a stylistic movie it has that bombastic feel to it maybe I don't necessarily need uh, breaks from the rising tension or rising action uh, <laughs> to, to, to have those moments right you know like it's a very long movie it, it, it takes a while to get through I was re-watching it last night thinking like man I don't know if I, we could probably cut that out and, and cut that out and, and it would still you know function virtually the same so Overall, I'll say this. It, it's, it's a really fun movie. I was pleasantly surprised. It's enjoyable. It was worth watching again, which I can't say a lot of, about, a lot of, about a lot of new releases. Uh, but it felt like, from a creative standpoint, it felt like, okay, I don't know if I'm getting another shot at this. I don't know if there's going to be anything, mm-hmm. anything else beyond this movie. So I'm just going gonna, gonna to throw in all the ideas that I have. I'm going to incorporate as many of the concepts as I could possibly fit into it. And uh, yeah, just just have fun. You know, it's 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 felt experimental to an extent. Uh, yeah, it was really that interesting. Isn't exhausted, but yeah, it, I think its res, uh, reception is somewhat mixed um, because there's like two parts to it. And I know Grayson, you'll be able to really dive into this. But uh, on the one hand, it's the movie itself, just like taking it with no context, just watching the movie, and and that right. has a certain reaction. Um, that's earned for just that. But then there's the other part of it where 
it's the complete and utter failure for DC in their cinematic universe for the most part. There's been a couple bright spots, but for the most part, it's been, they've flopped in yeah. their cinematic universe. And um, Suicide Squad was at least watchable. And what's really awful about DC is that if a movie's watchable, we receive it better because of the context <laughs> of DC right. has royally sucked all of these. Right. Um, you know, we when Wonder Woman 84 came out, it was excitement because Wonder Woman, the first film, was one of those bright spots. And then 84 completely flopped and it had a lot of those awful issues that just you can't get over and suicide squad didn't have any of those like those problems with the film that you couldn't get past yeah. and you could yeah. at least enjoy it there's so um, many parts it, of it too that are like that and it's, yeah. it's, it's weird because you can you can look at multiple aspects of the filmmaking and say that but one of the biggest things that jumps out to me which makes sense is the the visuals like suicide squad is is vibrant it's colorful Kind of like mm -hmm. how a lot of Marvel movies are vibrant and colorful, whereas a lot of those DC movies they're they're very muted in their tones. Like I don't, they're not quite monochromatic, but there's something about the the I don't. It's like they they use a gray tone. I described it yep. to me as like it's like they took the raw take of the footage and then they darkened it, and then they were going to do something else with it, and then they just forgot. Which obviously isn't what happened. It's intentional, <laughs> but it's kind of what it looks like. It has this it has this like unappealing aesthetic to it visually whereas suicide squad it's it's right back into like you said that marvel so it's on its own it's yeah it's interesting if you take it into context it's completely dissonant from all the other things that are in the in the genre in the universe let's say yeah what was your knee-jerk reaction to it grayson like uh you know we're big fans of the app letterbox we like rating movies on there and talking about them on there what was your first watch immediately afterward what would you have rated suicide squad and then did it change you know in the days afterward um okay so you gotta go into the factor that i am one like in terms probably on this episode specifically and even on other podcasts that i do i'm like a massive comic book nerd both dc and marvel not as not as big as some but like i i read a lot of comics like right here next to me it's probably like 25 different uh trade paperbacks and hardbacks and everything um so my knee-jerk reaction was i adore this movie um specifically for how james gunn uh, adapted the source material because he went out of his way to get as much knowledge about Task Force X and the Suicide Squad and everything that has gone into that, mm -hmm. um, and so I, I I agree with uh, you, Tyler, about like how it does take a while to get through, specifically because it came out at a really bad point where I was like working and everything, so I had to basically watch it like a TV show. <laughs> I watched <laughs> the first thirty minutes and I was like, I gotta go to bed. I got work in the morning. Right. The next thirty minutes, the next night is like, all right, I gotta go to bed. I've got church in the morning, and then it's mm -hmm. like, all right, I've got another. I was like, I've got the last hour and fifteen minutes before I do my review for this on Comic Blast, so I need to finish that. But by the end of it, I was like, and it wasn't like it was a slog to get through. Like I wanted to keep watching. Yeah. Um, but. Um, but then by the end of it, like, I mean, like, I'll admit this movie made me like cry. Like it made me tear up cause it was like, it had some, uh, some emotion I was just not expecting. Yeah. Like, um, particularly with the death of Rick flag, I would agree with that. Y yes. Big time, yeah. yeah. That yeah. is, that is, yeah. that was the one that hit me. But the also, hardest. but also there was so much 
well, and maybe not so much, but there were great moments with Polka Dot Man and with King Shark yes. that were like really poignant moments. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and the Nawe was a big, was a the big kind part of, story of, the, that, of that for me too as well. I know I sure. kept, yeah. I was like, I kept going back and forth on this like, okay, Ratcatcher 2 has compassion towards him, but go out and give him a beer then. Like, maybe he wants, like, <laughs> make him a part of it a little bit. Make him feel like he's a part yeah. of the group a little bit. Uh, right. <laughs> They're all so mean to him. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I was like, and, and this is, I was so excited for the first Suicide Squad because I was like, okay, this is that darker take on Suicide Squad. If anybody wants, like, a really quick fix and doesn't want to have to go out and read any comics, watch Batman Assault on Arkham. Hmm. That's the type of vibe that the original was going for. But WB, as they do, gets their hands in it. Um, And, you know, it's really interesting because I think everyone, in at least in... um, that's not super invested in DC Comics thinks that like all DC Comics are dark but the only reason that has become the case is because of Batman right Batman should be that noir like monochromatic type of like grayscale type like it doesn't have to not have any color but like the Nolan movies and everything like that and even the original comics like Long Halloween and Batman Year One and The Dark Knight Returns like all these classic Batman comics are like oh these are these are dark because Batman is a dark character yeah we all know that like um other DC properties are not like the Suicide Squad, even though it's full of some like complete D bags and like just like these worst of the worst villains or anti heroes or whatever. Like Suicide Squad and like the comics and everything, and even beyond that with like Shazam and Wonder Woman and Superman, like those aren't darker, like colored movies. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is an appropriate adaptation of the Suicide Squad, especially because, like, the Suicide Squad has had some really awesome characters, as we see in this movie. You've got, I mean, you've got Rick Flagg, you've got Harley Quinn, you've got Bloodsport, mm-hmm. um, but then they've got some really goofy characters like Polka Dot Man and Peacekeeper and, uh, or, sorry, the, Peacemaker. The detachable kid. Uh, yeah, like TDK yeah. and, like, Javelin and, like all, like, all these people, like, I mean... Pete Davidson plays Blackguard, <laughs> like, and he gets his face blown off in the first fit, like fifteen minutes of the movie. You know, is that indicative? Like, is that yeah. indicative of his character? Like, is Blackguard kind of just like this pushover? Like he, Blackguard, like a, a bunch of these characters are literally just like in a comic. D, it, like they're just D-list characters. Like right. Bloodsport. The origin of Bloodsport is he was a Superboy villain. He was a guy who wore a bandana with eye holes. Yeah, in his face. I saw. I saw uh, an older <laughs> an older uh, image of him. Yeah, very yeah. Very he different didn't vibe. get that. Yeah. He didn't get that cool xenomorph-looking helmet until the New Fifty Two. Okay, and uh, and you're right. He is a to- like they literally just made him Deadshot, which Deadshot was actually mm-hmm. one of the one of the three parts. I, there was three specific parts that I liked about the original Suicide Squad, yeah. and that w- the first the first one was the casting of Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, not necessarily Harley Quinn in that movie. Right, but I was like, Margot Robbie is great. I don't really like what they're doing with her character, but she's great. No, no one. Will Smith no one is. Yeah. Will, yeah, Will Smith is Deadshot. I love Will Smith. I I, I just love him, um, and I'm I was a little upset that he didn't come back. But I also love Idris Elba, and I loved Bloodsport. So I'm glad. Like I was like, I'm not mad about this. And then Captain Boomerang, Jai Courtney's Captain Boomerang, I thought was so wacky and so goofy. He's like this Australian yeah. like uh, outback <laughs> dude. He's like, yeah, he throws boomerangs. Like I know it. Like he's a really big rogue in the comics, but like he played that role to perfection. It's like, yeah, he's really weird and outlandish. Um, and they de- they stripped 
two of those things from the original, but they def- but they made up for it with all these other characters and then specifically the like the castings. Yeah. Um, like I I just love the well, cast Grayson, let in me, this movie. Let me ask you this actually, because I it's it's weird. I also with the original Suicide Squad, I do genuinely I love Will Smith. I think in a lot of ways he he doesn't get his due, uh, and the. The opinion of him on our podcast is usually pretty mixed because Michael's pretty vehement about the fact that he he doesn't deserve his success or he's not talented. I don't I don't remember exactly. I don't want to paraphrase. Lies. Yeah, I don't want to paraphrase <laughs> for my, for Michael. Uh, and I think I'm going to make him a, a believer in Will Smith at some point. But I also really like Will Smith. Uh, yeah. But I get the feeling that he occasionally he he's he's one of those actors who he brings his personality and the fact that he's Will Smith to a role more yeah. instead of separating himself from another person and another individual's personality. So the, the thing about Suicide Squad that was straight acts a lot. The thing about Suicide Squad that weirded me out was I got the sense that the the reactions and the way that Deadshot is treated in the in the world seem more like people treating Will Smith a certain way, as opposed to right. Deadshot's reactions, right? So the fact that Harley Quinn is attracted to him, or that is kind of an underlying thing, is weird. The fact that everyone's kinda of like, eh, Deadshot, instead of like dead shot like you know what I mean like it's like yeah, yeah Will Smith you know what I mean so that was yeah, yeah. Some, I don't know if you I don't know if, any, if you picked up on that as well but it kind of yeah. I don't know it was it's certainly not the only problem uh, with the original Suicide Squad I did really like Captain Boomerang though like I got yeah. the sense of that kind of aggressive sort of wild card uh, right what did you think about everyone getting uh, I assume everyone that listens to this knows it's a spoiler fest you guys don't like you to discuss yeah, things. It's been a couple of weeks. Like, people need to go see this movie. We've already mentioned, like, uh, two or three big spoilers. Yeah, so. so what did you think about the early establishment of the, I guess, what we find out later is the, the B team of the main team uh, getting completely wiped on Dude, the beach? I loved it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so I knew at some point that they were going to have to kind of, like, retcon what happened in Suicide Squad, but I didn't know how they were going to do it. Well, I'll be honest. I didn't know if they were going to retcon it or if they were just going to ignore it and pretend it never happened. Yeah. Um, but one of those two things was going to happen. And the way they retconned it by pretending it never happened was so cool. Um, I got the sense that, the fact they, that, that, that they that's the Suicide Squad, that Viola Davis, that uh, Amanda Walker, I got the sense that her department took a hit. Like they don't, they seem like their funding is down. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's almost, it, it seemed like they got... Yeah. They got uh, kind of shoehorned into some like old tech. Like they look like they're in more of like a like an '80s or a '90s office building as yeah. opposed to like a super like the, yep. the 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 bombs are like key activated now. Like it just it seemed like they I don't know like maybe they were I don't know what it was. It almost seemed like an era shift, even though I know it's taking t- place in present day. So mm-hmm. I took it as like they're not doing as well anymore. And her like degradation too, like of a character felt like as well because like she loses her cool she gets stressed out like she's not like she's not in charge uh mentally yeah i mean she gets whacked in the head like (laughs) (laughs) like out of nowhere which like i think viola davis plays amanda waller to perfection like i think she's a great casting um random thing i remember back in the days when she had not been casted and it was rumored that oprah was going to play amanda waller but anyway uh <laughs> which i was like okay um but viola davis is a fantastic actress so i'm so glad they casted her yeah but, that was probably yeah, for the best like, you know it's funny like the promotion for the movie and i don't i don't think people took it literally enough because we weren't expecting to it literally says don't get attached on like all the posters because yeah. it's in the name suicide squad but so like you see like but see it's it's funny and maybe this is just me knowing how 
the Suicide Squad worked. So I was like, my expectation, I was like, oh, half of, half of these characters are going to die. I was like, if not half, like yeah. 75%. And, and so... And that I was my the disadvantage. I was like, I was like, they're gonna keep uh, Harley Quinn alive, and yeah. uh, they're gonna they're gonna take out my boy Nathan Fillion. What the, yeah, what the and what they, the hell? Yeah, I was freaking. I love. Nathan I love that they had him yeah, in there. I did too. Like, he was yeah. just you turn up. It's like, oh, it's Nathan Fillion. What's he doing? This is here? super so, off subject, but my friend thought that was Brendan Fraser, and then <laughs> and then we realized, and then we realized that he has confused Brendan Fraser and Nathan Fillion for the entirety of his life. That's amazing. They, I can are, they sort do of see it, the same vibe. They do look alike. I don't know. I don't know. About I don't know. That. If you took if you took um, his character in Firefly and then you took Brendan Fraser's character in the, in mummy, the mummy, like yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you know? personality wise, I don't think they look similar or have had similar careers necessarily. But I yeah, uh, I could see yeah, that. And Brendan not. Fraser is technically in the DC universe right now, right? Because of the Doom Patrol, yeah. right? So yeah, he was yeah. In Doom Patrol. Yeah. He's a robot man. Yeah, yeah. robot man. Except uh, he looks like Winston Churchill right now. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this interview random thing. There's this interview where he's like playing his Nintendo Switch, and he didn't realize the interview started. Like it's on like a video call, like we're doing right now. Oh, and then no. he's like, "Oh my bad." And I'm like, "Man, Brendan, what were you playing? What were you playing?" I'm curious. There? Yeah, Animal Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, by the way, the, the reason I think Nathan Fillion was probably in this movie is not only because I like he's he's a great actor, but also. He was actually in the Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one. Mm-hmm. He voiced uh, a character. Um, he was there's this blue guy in the prison that Groot shoves like his like roots up his nose and like goes up into his <laughs> brain. Uh, that guy was voiced by Nathan Fillion. Okay. So there's a ton of like cameos and stuff th- that um, like even Sean Gunn, James Gunn's brother, mm-hmm. uh, plays two roles in the Suicide Squad. He played Kraglin in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but he does the mocap for Weasel, mm. and then he played Calendar Man. <laughs> and man, the <laughs> the immense amount of joy. Cal- By the way, Calendar Man ain't no joke in the comics. Like he is like a renowned serial killer. Yeah. But it's so funny because, and I'm sure you'll censor this, Josh. But when he calls, <laughs> when he calls Polka Dot Man a. I was like, this is this is great. Like this is this is all, all I've ever wanted. Like Calendar Man calling Polka Dot Man, like just some sort of like derogative slur is so funny to me. Um, and but yeah, like the the lineup that James Gunn chose um, and the the casting, like he basically was like, hey, like Rick Flag was just like this like straight note, like very flat character played by Joel Kinnaman in the original one. Yeah. And he made, dude, he made Rick Flag into my favorite character. Yeah, in I wish he, movie. I wish like, he had gotten more in this movie too, considering it's his send off, right. and it's very likely we're gonna have more Harley Quinn franchise stuff, you know? Yeah, which kind of, which, yeah, which, which was I've upsetting heard, to me because he gets very little, and then, and then like randomly at the end, it's just like massive character development, massive conflict. Yeah. Oh, he's dead. And yeah. the, it was it yeah. was it was uh, it was honestly very heartbreaking. I was surprised. I love Joel Kinnaman, uh, altered carbon zone. He uh, the the ending yeah. line the, yep. the the death uh, breath that he has too is just incredible. Yeah. Peacemaker, what a, what a joke! What a joke! Yeah. And then mm-hmm. John Cena, I have to hand it to him. He does a surprisingly good job uh, acting in this movie. Right? I was I was yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. He's he's a very nice addition to the movie. He does a good job with that straight nose. Like it's like it's, he's comedic, but what he's saying is he's completely serious about it, right? Like you, yeah. you laugh about yeah. it. I, I, I said this before, but like you laugh about like how he's like, I would kill 
everyone. I would eat this entire, yeah. I would eat the, all the penises on this beach if you told me it was for liberty. <laughs> and they're like, ha that's funny. And he's like, no, he's actually insane and he would genuinely yeah, do that, would. which is why his turn is, at the end is not surprising because it's like, he, he's been telling you this entire movie what kind of person he is. Yeah. Yeah, he is the embodiment of lawful evil. Where he's just <laughs> yeah. like, like he, like that. When I think of Lafayette, well, I'm like, yeah, peacemaker. That's him because he's just he's straight up about everything, and it's like he, John Cena, really plays him to perfection. Which is, it's something I would never imagine. It's like, oh, he'll be one of those, he'll be one of those D-listers that's gonna die. No, which see the post credit scene, he doesn't. You think he's he's gonna die? But yeah. Like, well, what was what uh, was yeah? What was interesting too was that they it, it almost felt like an advent to like. To wipe all of the characters at the beginning that they did wipe, mm -hmm. to prove it to you that the situation is serious, and yeah. then the rest of the movie there aren't really any more like illusions or heads exploding or anything like that. Like I, mm -hmm. like th that was that was. I'm probably just projecting one of my other friends' opinions on the movie because when I watched it, it, it didn't bother me that much. I liked the opening. I liked the fact that Michael Rooker is he's set up as this like as this badass, and then he just loses yeah. his mind and runs away crying, and then he gets his head yeah. exploded. And I thought yeah. it was a, a fantastic choice to uh, blow Pete Davidson away right at the beginning of the film. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And the only mistake there would be, I guess, bringing him back in that like flashback that they sequence that they did, which structurally I understand why the opening scene is put where it is because it's such a like like a, it's like a stylistic bombastic it's way to hook. start off the. F yeah, I understand that. I just felt like. Sequentially, I don't know if I would have jumped back in time the way that they did. Uh, and it just kept happening. That Those time flips and backs, they, they kept happening to the point where I, I wasn't enjoying them. And I felt like they muddied things unnecessarily because it's relatively a simple plot. And then one point where it actually made a lot of sense, but the problem is, is that it informed all the other times that it happened, was... Later at the end of the film, when they jump from the main thing with Starro between Peacemaker and, and Captain Flag, and then they jump like eight minutes previously, and then they go mm -hmm. to Harley. See, the thing about that is mm -hmm. that it, that one made perfect sense because like emotionally, the, the stakes of both of those two scenes are so different from each other. Aligned. I mean, you have Flag like, you know, confronting Peacemaker about like this great American secret and sin. And then you have right. Harley and them arguing about if Milton was real. So I can, under yeah. I can I understand why those were separated because yeah. they're not even close uh, emotionally. Yeah. But, those were stitched together. It wouldn't make any sense. I mean, if, yeah, if you're cutting back and forth between that, like mission impossible, like it doesn't, like, yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. This movie um, kind of gets some, some flack, I think, for its intentional irreverence. Um, it's like a, the, the gore and violence is dialed up to 12, which, you know, I enjoy it because I think it's funny, to be totally <laughs> my, honest with you. My, uh, and to, to, um, to quote my friend, how, how does this movie have better fatalities than the new Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah. <laughs> I know it's awful. It's so, like just just King Shark ripping that guy in half as a lightning bolt cut. Like it's oh, not yeah. even close. That was incredible. It's not even close. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. Um. You you know you got people commenting on social media and like in reviews and whatnot. Just in what I've been like observing of people's reactions to right, it, which I don't. I don't um, do. The, there's like, yeah. There's like two consensus reactions. What? There's reaction number one, which was, this was a breath of fresh air. I loved it. Reaction number two is, 
oh my God, it was nasty. And they said dicks yes. like 37 times. And like, which yeah. I think both of those things are mutually exclusive. What do you think you're going to see? Uh, and maybe it's just my taste. What do you think you're sitting down you for? Yeah, I yeah. I remember my my girlfriend, she was, um, she was babysitting um, a, a family friend's uh, kid of theirs. And so they, w- they went to go see the movie. And, um, and I, I had not finished the movie yet. I got about an hour in at this point, but like I was hanging out with her and she had told me, uh, oh yeah, I heard it was weird. And I was like, weird. And like, I'm watching it and I'm like, I guess, I guess there are some weird moments, but like, it's the suicide squad. Like it's supposed to be really weird. And like, out like these are all weird characters. Like they're weird, evil characters. And so I was like going in the quirky. Yeah, no, the quirkiness of it didn't, didn't bother me at all. I I think that. I don't know. I think it functioned really, really well. I mean, just the, just the awkwardness. I think I said this before, but the fact that James Gunn he creates useful subversions, subversions that actually are entertaining and that make me want to mm-hmm. continue watching the movie mm-hmm. as opposed to just stopping it, um, a la The Last Jedi. But the fact that they wipe out the <laughs> entire Resistance force, and then it's like, oh, I'm, yeah, there uh, we didn't. Um, like that, just that moment <laughs> yeah. is just like, oh god, it's it was hilarious, it's so awful. I mean, I don't, I don't know yeah. if I necessarily like the resistance leader's uh, reaction to it. I would have, I would have wanted her to right. have a little bit more of like a, I don't know, are these th- are these not like your closest and dearest friends that you've been fighting a rebellion with for I don't know an unprecedented amount of time, perhaps? But the fact that she's just kind of like, ah, stupid Americans, always bl- go- guns blazing, and yeah, yeah, and then it's like, all right, well. I don't know. I'll make a deal with the devil if I have to. Like, I understand her perspective and, right. and why she ultimately sides with them. But just a little bit more, just an attempt, like a, a, a lashing of anger, something. Um, and I don't know, again, if that's a script thing. I don't know if that's the actress's motivations of like, well, you know. But her character doesn't really get very much anyway. She's like, she shows up like 50, she's like, got like two or she, three shows like an, she shows up like an hour later to like, oh, yeah, wipe out the generals. <laughs> Isn't she yep. in? This is random. She's the woman in I Am Legend, right? Oh, is she? Is it, yeah, I think so. Wait, is, is that she? a little? Is that a little? Uh, a little nod from 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 it, Mr. Gunn? Yeah, I don't know because I just remember I was like, oh, I like this lady. I, I think I she's in something. I don't know if she is, and I, and I don't remember her name exactly. But yeah, I was when I I saw that scene, I was like, oh, these resistance people are going to turn on Rick Flag and all these people, and they're going to have to fight their way out. And it was like she was like. Oh no! no anyway, yeah. like, <laughs> like she was like a little upset. Like I thought, like expecting her to be like the she leader. Was, like, she was like breakdown. mildly upset. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was my issue with it. She's like, ah, I'm very put out. Yeah, <laughs> like, sh- like they straight up freaking <laughs> peacemaker comes by and just like chops this guy up with an axe and blood sword is over there burning dudes alive. <laughs> like, and she's just like. Yeah, and their Another chemistry <laughs> their chemistry in that moment is fantastic too. So like they good. play it's off amazing. each other very, very well. Uh, yeah. And just to, I just and I love the to go back a little bit too when he's first getting introduced to his squad. I, I love this I really thought they did a good job with the man the progression of Amanda Wall, uh, Waller's character. Uh, mm-hmm. it's like she's even she's starting to not like buy her own bullshit. Like her she cause she does this thing where she's like, Yeah, peacemaker, uh Rattling off some facts. Yes, he's been trained from birth to be an assassin by his, by her, the father, and anything in yeah. their hands a lethal weapon. He's like, are, "Are you taking a piss? Are you 
Are you mocking me? Like, what are you talking so about? So you just said about me. <laughs> I do the exact same thing. And I'm like, that's pretty much probably word for word what she said about Deadshot in the previous movie, too. It's like she gets yeah. she gets so used to just vomiting this stuff after a while that, like, I don't even know oh, if she's buying yeah, it. And I, <laughs> I really liked, too, the theme of her transitioning from a necessary evil into just kind of evil, you know? Like the like the job she does is dirty, but it needs to happen, and then it kind of turned into like, oh no, no, I, even this is too far for us. This is too much for us to even do. And her coworkers turn on her, uh, and then I guess the decision she makes to let set them free is just based on the concussion that she's suffering from, because she's just kind of like, I don't even know how yeah. she functions after that. She's like, I'm I thought she was she dead. Didn't fire those I thought people. she was dead. <laughs> I thought she was dead. I thought she was gone. Like that was an iron to the head. Like you're, I feel like you're done. I don't know. Like if I, if I hit my boss across the head with like a metal, like pole, I'm gone. It's brain like, damage. Well, you're not just like, you're not just fired, but, and your boss probably doesn't put people's, uh, put bombs in people's head for a living too. I so not. I'm not assuming, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole nother thing. I got to ask you, actually, I'm, I'm curious about this. I know we're jumping all over the place, uh, because the, 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 the best part about this movie to me was the characters. And yeah. yes. the the weird thing about that is that it's in a genre of a of a movie where you can't really do character focus um, mm-hmm. because it's not about that. It's about the forward action. The 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 conflict is yep. is external. It's not internal, right? So you have to you have to move things forward. So the movie sometimes does a good job and I feel sometimes doesn't of balancing the the background and the expositional aspect of these characters and learning about them and the forward momentum but I say all that to say the uh, Nanawe, King Shark mm-hmm. I don't have any context for his renditions in the comics I, I'm, I'm assuming that there's been different types of renditions in the comics but I'm just curious, right. how did they get a bomb in his head? I okay. Someone, <laughs> someone. That's a great is, question. Gave, gave a theory that this specific version of King Shark, for context, in the comics, King Shark isn't like this dumb idiot. Like, like he's not like a child. Like he's actually like a like, like when he points to badass. his hand and you're like, right. oh, he's actually mentally handicapped. Yeah, I took like, it. I took it as he's as he's as absolutely smart as a sentient shark could be because sharks yeah. are these ancient. Yeah primordial creatures essentially that have like found a way to survive beyond anything uh right so he's he's that like as intelligent as you can be which is not a lot but it's still intelligent right yeah someone in the told comics, me though that like he, is he like a is he like a mustache twirling villain like meh aquaman no like in, he and so he's actually pretty new like new for comics sake like i mean you're thinking like batman superman from the 30s and 40s yeah uh King Shark's from the 90s. He's pretty new. Like, okay. He was also, he was introduced in a Superboy comic. Um, okay. And the, the theory is that with, and he's also been a like renowned member of like the, the Suicide Squad. And usually like, he's actually a bit more humanoid. Like there's some versions where like, he has like, he's not actually like a shark man. Like he's just a guy with like a shark fin and like, like a metal jaw. Like he's like a meta human basically. Okay. Um, but then there's sometimes where he's like, oh, he's actually like a shark that's turned into a man. And then like in the Flash TV show, he's like a gigantic ripped shark dude. <laughs> and he's like very like, like, you know, angry. Right. Whereas this King version of King Shark is like, he's like, like little, he's got like, he's a little tubby. He's like, like, he's like, he's like, he's like, baby, he's, he's like baby Hulk. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. so like, he's yeah. cute. Like you just want to hug him. Right. I know. Um, but the, <laughs> I think someone said 
I don't think they actually put a bomb in his neck. They just, he was so dumb that they convinced him that he was. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, they did a Pavlov's dog tracks. thing with him. Well, that was, yeah. that was my whole thing too, which, uh, one of the things I, one of the biggest things I think that disjoints this movie from, from its focus is, is the whole Harley Quinn, uh, B plot, which you could even argue is not a B plot. It like it becomes the movie for large right. portions of time. Yeah. Whereas, and I'm not saying that she should be cut out. Like, I completely agree with you. I think Margot Robbie's casting of Harley Quinn is, is perfect. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. the way that she's allowed to play the character is perfect. And then sometimes mm-hmm. it's, you know. But I've been also been told by my friends who are a little more versed in comics is that the inconsistency of Harley's mental state is the point of her character. She is inconsistent in her mental state. Like, yeah. sometimes she's other things, sometimes she's not. Which is why I think it's hilarious that an entire country is like, you're our hero and you represent... Uh, 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 fighting against American tyranny, and I'm like, no, I think she represents like schizophrenic chaos, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That that whole that whole that thing whole Shrek with thing. her and that was so weird to me. That might have been the one like plot turn or motivation where I was like, what the hell there's is just, going on? Why is he saying you're our symbol? Because that so makes no much sense. Going on though, that's the thing. It's like the the amount of complexity that he's attempting to put into this movie. It, it, I think that's why it's a brush of fresh air, and I think that's why it's impressive because it's it's very experimental. Like, there's a couple moments where w- there's a conscious choice to go into Harley's perspective, and I didn't just take this as like a visual aesthetic. Like when she's fighting through the fifty, mm-hmm. never mind how she successfully does that. I don't I don't know, uh, and like pulls a man up who weighs more than her and breaks his neck, and like I don't know, it, she's not superhuman. She's just like a as as I understand it, she's a. She was a doctor. She was a psychiatrist. She was turned by Joker, yeah. but she's also like the equivalent of an elite level gymnast and other yeah. comic book things, right? So I mean, I don't know. It's not impossible, I suppose. And I had canon that the spear has been endowing her with some kind of power throughout the movie that makes her stronger. Although I <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but Javelin is just a guy with a javelin, right? He's not. Is there any yeah. <laughs> Can't. That's, what I, that's <laughs> what I thought. That's what I thought. He's just I, a guy with a <laughs> I knew it. Uh, um, I don't even remember what I was going to say. Yeah. Well, I think you're talking about the visual of like, Oh yeah. The the fact that, yeah, the fact that, that we kind of go into her perspective and there's that sort of, I think of the, the pyro in team fortress two, where he doesn't see all the (laughs) devastation he's causing to him. It's just flowers and rainbows and and lollipops. And that's kind of how it seems like Harley sees the world to an extent. So it was cool to see that visually. And then it was cool to see a more nightmarish version of that in polka dot man, where, we've several times mm-hmm. get to see like how he actually sees the world. Uh, so like Everybody I said, there's, there's that. moments of that too, but it's like, it's so difficult to condense all of that into a single movie because you're, you're switching to different perspectives. You're trying to give every character it's due and, and you accomplish that. But at the same time, it, it loses that forward momentum and then throw on top of that, this kind of overarching theme of uh, American corruption and, other people's sort of negative perceptions of American freedom and American politics. And it, it, I don't know at that point to me, it starts to lose it a little bit, especially when at the end there's this random attempt to humanize Starro the conqueror, uh, and kind of make him feel sympathetic and then kind of like leave me with like, Oh no. And I'm like, no, wait a minute. I don't know. I don't care if you said you're not, you weren't living peacefully in this. The moment you came into contact with sentient life, you assaulted them. And your physiology yeah. is literally <laughs> yeah. designed to oppress sentient life. Don't feed me this line of like, I was perfectly yeah. content. Why were you in the stars in the first place, Starro? 
did someone jettison you from their planet because you were wiping them out? Were you made by someone to do this to other sentient beings? Like, I don't, I don't buy this, this, uh, this woe is me, America's still the villain thing, Starro. Yeah, I'm pretty sure if I'm if I'm not mistaken, so Starro is the for for people who don't know is the very first villain that the Justice League ever fought. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, he's the OG. And yeah, he like the very first issue of Justice League of America. Um, but like genuinely, like that's one of those questions I don't know the answer to. I don't know why he like flies out there into space. I know he has a son who recently appeared in the comics named Jaro, who becomes a Robin. Um, Starro but, and know, Jaro. Please tell me he <laughs> yeah. looks like a, a star. Yeah, he's, he's a, just a, he's he's a starfish with like the Robin he's a, with he's the Robin a, hat. He's a little baby star. Yeah, like he's got like the like he wants to be Batman's Robin. Like Batman like adopts him. Uh, wow. Like, Does he you know, have like for, the little alien things as well that hop on people's faces and suck their life out and burn their so faces he, down he's with like acid? Smaller. He's basically yeah. one like he's basically one of those like starfish, but mm-hmm. he's like he gets a little bit more sentience or whatever. Um, but yeah, like. I think that was probably like Star's attempt to be like. Well, I think the reason he's probably wiping out that entire town is just like, well, these these bastards took me from like. I mean, he was just hanging out in space, and then people were in a spaceship, and they're like, no. oh, let's cool, let's grab it, and then yeah, and then he was like, yo, I was just Jay chilling in space. All right, I'm gonna kill you all. It's like it's not doesn't mean he's like a good guy or whatever, but like no, I, I think the point is that like he's definitely like the pawn, but. You need you need that bigger thing for that action set piece, right? Like, <laughs> and so that's why, like, you had the thinker, um, and then he gets, and then you've got um, like that entire, or the, what is it, um, Corto Maltese? Yeah, um, the Corto Maltese, mm-hmm. which I, I yeah. have to say, a lot of the a lot Where of she's the aspects, like, what do we call them? The Corto Maltese, the Corto Maltese, yeah, whatever those D bags <laughs> yeah. are called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so like. Yeah, I, I think, well, but even the Suicide Squad itself is a, is like basically a living, a living interpretation of the, of like the sins of America. Yeah, the, or even the just fail, the sins the, of, of corrupt the, yeah, government. The failure of our government, the failure of our justice system, or right. the, the abuse yeah. of, of prisoners, of criminal people who probably shouldn't be in prison, or people who are people who have mental issues and probably don't belong in a prison, but because of their abilities or their powers, they're, they're being abused essentially. Um, yeah. Especially as weaponized soldiers who are being held hostage with a bomb in their neck. Um, yeah, I, I like, I, I felt bad for Starro, but I know that, um, that like, he, I mean, overall, like he was, he was killing a ton of people, like innocent people, like they had to stop him. Like, to, I'm like, would it have been nice for him to just stay in space? Probably. But, um, I just like that. He looked like a big rubber ducky. <laughs> big rubber ducky. <laughs> he's a, he's a star. <laughs> How is he a duck? I know, but he looks like a big, like bath toy. I appreciated the fact that there was a goofy vibe taken with, with Starro, because it's, the, I mean, it's this, like, you're injecting this cosmic horror idea into the, yeah, into the James Gunn universe of, like, silly, kind of, like, heavily flawed superheroes who don't really, right. like, are kind of living past their their means in terms of, like, what they're facing is not up to par with their competence. Uh, mm. I just didn't think that the... Like uh, hearing hearing what you're saying about like the purposes of the Suicide Squad and like thematically what they represent in the in the comic book context, I think it, it, it makes sense that they are sort of. I mean, it's like 
American or Americans, American government in some aspects is villainous and it's incorporating other villains. So it's like these juxtaposing ideas of necessary evils. And then you throw in the peacemaker idea, which is like kind of like the dark Knight, where it's like, it's a, it's a benevolent lie. It's like, right. mm-hmm. this will do more harm than good. So uh, I'm going to decide that this is not something that people need to know about. You know, like it's, it's probably not the correct way to think about things, but it's something that happens. So I just, I just feel like. There's a there's a there's a there's an anti-American element that kind of runs throughout the movie that I don't know if it's really necessary. Sure. Um, yeah. And I only say that because this that diet is that's something that has been fed to us quite frequently in a lot of new movies. So yeah. Considering the fact that this movie is fun and it's exciting and it 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 doesn't shy away from really dark themes with its characters and, and things like that. I don't know if I needed an additional thing. Of right. America sucks and we make mistakes all the time. And like, I understand that governments have done that throughout history. It's a very, it's a common thing. It's a, just a, it's a fact of human nature, mm-hmm. but could the Corto Maltese just not have like found Starro in an asteroid or something like that? Like, I don't know if I needed <laughs> this whole convoluted, yeah. like, throwback to like like how many times have movies been like oh the operation paperclip and the nazis and the cold war and right. the astronauts and the it's like was that the only interesting time in in our history like it has to constantly be in, you know and again it probably in the context of like when the comic came out and wherever whatever this is based on it probably worked fine it's just the in the context of all of the different movies that have done that kind of thing i'm just i don't know it just uh it left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Just to, you know. Yeah, there's two things, uh, or one thing not even related to what we're talking about, but the thing that kind of redeemed the whole, quote, anti-American, like, because I don't, I didn't watch it and be like, man, this movie hates on America, but like, Rick Flagg, because he felt like the most truly patriotic in the movie. Right. Like yeah. he's like, he yes. is the, like he signed up for this. The suicide yeah. squad did not, they did crappy stuff and they got thrown out there, but he signed up for mm-hmm. it. And then he was lied to. And he's like, well, I'm going to do the right thing on behalf of like uh, the American people. Like he yeah. felt like, and so when he dies, that's why it's like really like, it yeah. hits really hard. Cause he's like, that, I, he's that ideal dying. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, but like at least he, you know, like he knows like what, like he believes that people should be told the truth about this. And like, obviously yeah. like, and he doesn't, I, I like that he doesn't go down without a fight. And like again, Joel Kinnaman just played that role. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. It's but, very, uh, it's very Watchmen. That whole, that whole exchange. Yes. Right. It's very Watchmen. It, yeah. It, it, straight up. It's just like the, um, Rorschach and, Rorschach um, and Dr. Manhattan. Oz, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. yeah um, but, um, <sighs> what I was going to say is the, the, so, Earlier, you asked what was my knee-jerk reaction. Like my score, my score has not changed from not like I, I give it like a like a nine out of ten. The thing that knocks it down a point for me, like and not maybe not even like a whole point, but uh, one of the big things for me is I think there is one death that actually felt very unearned uh, and it shouldn't have happened, and that's Polka Dot Man. Hundred percent. Like yeah. he's he's yeah. the one character that I'm like oh. Like he has, like he has more to go, but he was like, "I'm a superhero, dead." Yeah. Ha the ha! Moment, funny. The moment, yeah, the moment that I saw that in the trailer, I was like, "Yeah, he's dead there." And it yeah. actually, the movie did a good job, weirdly enough, of not of of hiding and misleading the fact that it's the deaths were going to happen where they were. Mm-hmm. Like when Harley just right. blows the president away, I'm like, "Oh wow, all right, I, we're doing this, okay." Yeah. 
uh, he's not going to be, yeah, no, we're psychoing his ass and he's not going to be in this movie anymore. But the fact yeah. that, yeah, the fact that Polka Dot Man is just like, it's so like obvious that he's going to get thrown away. And I'm like, why, why build up his character so much? Why give yeah. him all of this, like, you know, and on the one hand, I don't like why he, I don't like how he died. Yes. But for him to have died in that fight, I would have been perfectly fine with because... I don't think things are getting much better for that guy's in his life. Like, I think yeah. the height of his, I think the height of his happiness or his, uh, I guess, fulfillment was that. Yeah. I am actually yeah. a superhero. Yeah. I'm actually one. And that's a good thing. But the mm-hmm. fact that he's just smushed. Right. Honestly, the whole fight with Starro is, is pretty lackluster to me. Like, I just yeah. kept getting upset about, like, I can headcanon why, uh, why Polka Dot Man doesn't go for the eye. But I cannot for the life of me understand why Bloodsport doesn't fire every single shot into the eye. Right. Which seems to be the least armored part. I did remember seeing that that bullets can't penetrate it. Yeah. Um, and then Harley just jumps through it, which I guess I have to headcanon again that the spear is, has some amazing power. But you just told me it's a regular spear. So again, I don't... Well, the, I think the spear has a power, but the guy, Javelin himself, is just a dude. Uh, just a dude. Okay. Just a dude. Okay. But the okay. It's a dude but with like, a cool spear. Yeah, and so yeah, that's that was the thing. Is I'm like, if if Polka Dot Man would have, you know, in a even if it was cliche, sacrificed himself to defeat Starro, I would have mm-hmm. been like, oh, that feels like a complete arc. Like in the same sense of like, yeah. even though like I was I was hit hard by Rick Flagg's death, yeah. it felt it like, and I wanted to see more of him. It it still felt like okay, like his death served a purpose, especially with that last line of being like, man, like he he was willing to put uh everything into this mission and for his his country and then peacemaker yeah. just was like blind like blindly uh trying to quote keep the peace and then you know yeah and just kills him for it that yeah. feels really sucky but it's like polka dot man he's like i'm a superhero wham and it's like well then what did you like you just killed him for nothing like it was for a joke and i'm like i don't i don't really like that like yeah, the exactly. beginning with all those other characters they die as a joke it's like that's yeah. setting the tone of like it's the suicide squad yeah exactly and if you're gonna create this much emotional stake in a d character yeah just to then treat him like a d character it's like you've we've moved past that now right like yeah. it's not it's not about that anymore right i mean uh, you literally have starro defeated by rats like why does polka dot man have to die right. Yeah, um, right. And I'm, I don't know. I kind of, yeah, what about him jumping into the eye himself or doing something to that effect? I know he doesn't have the athleticism of Harley. Plus, yeah. Bloodsport told Harley to take the high ground, so she automatically is going to win the whole fight because she has the <laughs> high ground. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know yeah. how you, like, you have to you have to let her win now. She has the high ground. It's over, you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that it's like. It's over. It's getting, have the high ground. Literally. I love how it's getting set up to it. I'm like, uh, she's going to do a boss. It's a Dark Souls boss run. She's yeah, about to jump. She's, yeah. about to, she's about to one-shot the dragon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And Tyler, even Bloodsport, I'm like, oh, sorry, I'll wrap it up real quick. But with Bloodsport, I was like, oh, well, like, when he's fighting all the people, that's cool. He's, like, pulling off all the weapons, and then he's, like, out, the right? Nano, yeah. yeah, the nanotech, but it, yeah. Yeah, but it's, like, with Starro, it's, like, he pulls out this, like, equips this, like, weapon. It's, like, this Nerf gun with, like, eight attachments and everything. <laughs> and yeah. he's, like, boo, boo, and it's, like, it does nothing. And it's, like, it's a cool to- moment. Just it's a cool moment for him and his daughter. Guess, yeah. Like his yeah. daughter is like, oh my god, like my dad's like a hero or whatever. But then it's like, god, his daughter, yeah. his daughter, his daughter shouldn't have said, oh god. Yeah, like because he's daughter, not a hero. I just, had a, I just yeah. had a problem with. I just had a problem with some of her acting, and I also felt like I didn't need this. That's my dad. That's my dad. I'm like, 
you guys are that, not on good terms. Like, just yeah, look it at felt, it and just acknowledge the moment of like, whoa, whoa, that's, that's my dad. I don't, I don't need you to scream out loud to the room. That's my that that's dad. Your like, <laughs> because you literally, they were both saying f you, like f over you. and over. And, yeah, <laughs> like they hated each other. And now it's like, oh, well, now he's shooting a grenade launcher at a star from space. So it's like, he's like, ah, uh, you know, you, you <laughs> great, you remind, you remind me of my daughter who I just cussed out and I don't like very much, yeah. but. But yeah, you but remind me of my daughter. His relation to Ratcatcher I could get, but like his actual daughter like appreciating Bloodsport, I was just kind of like, I was like, mm. but anyway, that's all. If you had to give it a rating on a scale of one to 10, uh, Tyler, where would you land with it? Uh, I don't think the scoring system that I use is, it's either a joke, it's either referencing on cinema, which is a five bag of popcorn rating, uh, although it's sometimes <laughs> it's six bags. Or it's ten bags randomly. Anyway, anyway, or it's a serious one, which is is a I think twenty one out of twenty one. What do you guys use? Just uh, like a standard ten out of ten. Whatever yeah, I feel usually. like. It's like whatever I feel 10 like. Chevy Impalas out of thirteen Escalades, or <laughs> is it an eight donut movie? Or is a, it an eight donut? A scale movie? of one to ten, or or five gold stars. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. It, it's like I said. It's just complicated. I think it. I think it goes beyond its means a lot of the time, but it's it's pushing stuff and it's it's doing a lot of different things. And I'm overall, like I said, I was happy with it. It's I, yeah. I, I like to be critical about things. I like to break things down, uh, not in a negative sense, not to not to not to I, like the purpose of criticism. I think is to highlight that which is good and and do away with what's not useful, right? Like it's you know you separate the wheat from the chaff. So I I like to emphasize the fact that this is this stuff is working, but I'm going to be critical because there are a lot of things that don't. I overall would I watch the movie again. Like that's enough of yeah. a review right there. I don't usually want to re rewatch uh, re new releases at all. Um, I don't know. I think a I think a, like a seven or or somewhere around there, yeah. seven point five. That's out right. Of eight, I would, you know, like I would I don't, give it a you know, seven as well. You know, it's not. If I really want to pick it apart, you could maybe say a five or, or a six, but. Like I said, there's different there's different ways to judge something. Like, did you enjoy it? Uh, technically, what are the flaws? Like, so those are separate issues. But you know, if I'm saying entertainment value, this is how I usually break it down. Entertainment value is is very high. Like, it's an eight. It's an eight or yeah. a nine out of ten, right? Like, and then you know, production quality, which I would incorporate. You incorporate like script writing and all that kind of stuff with it. It's is probably closer to a six or a seven because, like I said, there's a lot of problems, a lot of unearned things. Like, I mean, for example, the the bus ride where they have that long oh, yeah. drawn out sequence with Ratcatcher too. I felt like I just, I really liked her character. I, I wanted to care about the rats. I certainly don't think that they are <laughs> irredeemable and disgusting like my friend Michael does. Uh, wow. But I just felt like there was a, well, he just thinks rats are disgusting. So it's like, I can't emotionally care about these cute little ratatouille scenes where you're like trying to pretend that it's some bit, you know, plus it doesn't, it didn't help me that, 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 it, that her dad was Taika Waititi, yeah, which yeah. Like, isn't exactly a, a bastion of emotional weight and depth. No offense. I just, you know, he's, I think comedic. I think he's Hitler. I don't think like, huh, her <laughs> dad, you know, he looked great. I was happy to see him, but it, it didn't fit. It looked the, like Rick from it Rick and Morty. It didn't fit the theme <laughs> of, Bloodsport being like, ah, F off, I'm not talking to you. And then she's like, okay, well, since you were so rude, I'm going to open up emotionally now. Like, I was just like, I, yeah. would you really, would you really do that? You know, after someone tells you to, and then he's all of a sudden very open. Like, uh, you remind me of my daughter and let me reveal this super personal, uh, horrible thing from my childhood, which, you know, I, I don't know if that's actually part of Bloodsport's character. I'm going to guess that it's not. And that a D level character doesn't get that amount of, uh, of depth. 
to his personality. But like, for example, uh, the detachable kid doesn't want to tell them what his name stands for because it's weird, because he's uncomfortable, because he doesn't know these people really. So he's not, he withholds information. So why couldn't Bloodsport have been like, I don't want to talk about this. Like maybe at some point he brings it up. Like, uh, the, the main thing I, I wanted to bring up before we're done actually is that something that I like to do on my podcast is, uh, which is just a fun creative exercise, right? Cause the movie's done, it's out, it's over. You're not changing anything, but like, what would you do differently if you had the option or what would, what would something that you would have liked to have seen anything like that? So, uh, I really liked the character of Nanawe. Uh, I felt like, I felt like there was a lot of stuff going on there that was interesting and I wanted to know more about this rendition of Nanawe or, or whatever this creature is. So I felt like it would have been cool to, to, to sort of minimize the amount of Harley Quinn B-plot stuff that goes on because I felt like there was a need to, I mean, I, I don't know if, I, don't, I didn't watch Birds of Prey, it seemed like it didn't do well, but it felt like there was like, a, ah, well, Birds of Prey was bad, so let's, let's try to give her a little bit more of a, of a story arc in this or, or something, mm-hmm. and so I felt like... It was terrible, but she was good in it, so... Yeah, but that's the thing, it's like, what do you, you know, so I feel like, let's have a little bit more with Nanawe, let's not do all this flashbacking and breaking up of the sequential plot, just let it happen sequentially, and instead, like, take it back a little bit, like... Give Bloodsport a, a, a mission with them first or, or something. Like, maybe maybe he just goes with Ratcatcher 2 and, and Peacemaker, and their first mission is to subdue Nanawe or, or like, something in, in some kind of thing that he's causing. And then we can see, too, that, like, you can't put a bomb in him because his skin is bulletproof. Um, which, by the way, those piranha jellyfish things must be ridiculously overpowered if they just casually rip through his flesh yeah. when bullets don't do anything and he can tank an 80-story drop or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, have him, have him subdue Nanawe or something and, and maybe then bring him onto the team for this bigger mission because they need a heavier hitter and, you know, Nanawe's running rampant somewhere in some fishing village or, or something like that. And, you yeah. know, like, I, I would have liked that because then, too, it's like, in that mission, Ratcatcher's trying to get him to open up, and he doesn't want to do it, you know? I'm not telling you anything. But then, later, it seems like he's had some time to actually be like, open up a little bit. And like, okay, right, maybe, yeah. maybe, 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 you know? But yeah, I would overall, probably taken out the political commentary. Um, yeah, I don't, think it need, I don't think it needed it. I think it just muddied the, the, the theme. Like, who are, like honestly, like, who, who are these people to be criticizing, you know? Yeah. Because they, yeah, it, they cause, it, because they end up compromising, too. That's the weird... Like, right. they, they compromise. So, like, why are you belittling America thematically for making compromises and maybe doing things that aren't so great when it's like you are probably not in a place to judge anyone because you are criminals and you also right. have to compromise. So it kind of just... Yeah, like I said, it, it, it goes back and forth on what's the... And it doesn't help that just that idea is an incredibly complicated thing to surmise in a, in a visual, yeah, in a visual, probably, in a visual medium. They could have probably fully embraced just like the com- the comic aspect of this movie and just like yeah done away with some of the the heavier political themes and then kept and the, I, I the drama probably, of the of the, of yeah. the characters sure because I I, yes. I like the fact that it, it isn't it isn't afraid to be serious when it needs to be serious like right. that's that was a huge issue uh, <laughs> in the Last Jedi it's just such a good example of of mistakes in storytelling I'm sorry but it was that was a huge <laughs> issue. Um, in the Last Jedi, where like it, the moments that needed to be serious were just kidding, gotcha, gotcha, and the moments that didn't need to be serious were were, were mismatched. So like, there's this lack of understanding of like, t- now it's the time for something that's comedic, but there can also be a level of sadness here as well. And anyway, Grayson, would you uh, would you change anything? Um, 
Yeah, so I would I just had one in my mind. Oh, so I would have liked and these are very simple changes. I would have liked Captain Boomerang to be part of the team. I wish he didn't die. I thought it was, he was yeah. also a character that I was yeah, upset that, was a, that he died. The other yeah. ones like don't care. And then I already mentioned Polka Dot Man. Uh, I think it would have been cooler if he also survived. Um, because like, like you said, it's not a re like it's it is a it's a sequel, but it's a, but it's a reboot, but it's still keeping continuity and everything. So I'm like, yeah. at least like take, you know, Harley, like, and I, I personally, like I liked Harley Quinn in this movie. I think she was the best she'd been in the entirety of the DCEU. I did not like Birds of Prey. Uh, I did not like her in Suicide Squad. I don't want her in booty shorts and tattoos. <laughs> uh, like, like, I mean, she has tattoos, whatever. But I'm like, oh, the red and black bombshell suit in the beginning with like the goggles and rocket launcher. Love that. You know, like yep. that's, that's Harley Quinn, the, the Harley Quinn that I know. Um, right. or like even her like in this like red and black dress like you know going just like on a rampage on these people like I love that <laughs> um, but yeah like the 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 B plot stuff is not not as much needed um, and I, I like I think you said it was very experimental and it crammed it puts a lot of stuff in it and it works for me um, but I think it was because James Gunn was like well i I don't know if I'll get another one of these. Um, and now the <laughs> right. rumor is that he's going to. Um, I also personally, like, and this is just me, I know a lot of people love Peacemaker as a character, and I do think he's a great character. Uh-huh. But, and maybe this is just my morality-driven nature, I didn't need him to live. I, he could have stayed dead. <laughs> like, I know it's yeah, for the... the yeah. It's the, the TV, TV show. show. Yeah, yeah I, that's the, and yeah. that's the thing. And I'm like, I... No, I I'm like, I, like, I don't want... Like, I don't need a peace maker tv show if anybody would get a tv show to me it should be it like i think blood it would sport. Be cooler to blood sport or even yeah, if rick sport, flag yeah. lived i would have loved to have yeah. seen him doing like ops like dude suicide squad as a like as a limited tv sh- like a limited yeah, I run it, tv I, yeah, show would have been so cool. i think it yeah i think i think personally that the way that this story the way this, the way these characters in this story works, I think episodic would work way better than a movie. Like every um, episode yeah. or every season is a new mission, right? Yeah, like exactly because exactly, then yeah. it allows you to flesh out the characters and everything, mm-hmm. and it allows mm-hmm. you like if it's like you know kind of like an anthology, like every season, like you have some reoccurring characters, but like you don't need to watch season one to know what's going to happen in season three, right? Like right, you know, yeah. like, like that I have very little. Cool. I have. Yeah, I have very little interest in in a peacemaker show. Like, I think the character is, is interesting, but I think mm-hmm. I think as a as a character, he only goes so far, and as an actor, John Cena only goes so far. And I, I yeah, don't know if right. I don't know if this show just turns into him being comedic. Because the problem with the problem with that the problem with him being funny as a, is that he needs a straight man to play off of, right? Or yeah. so if if he's not going to be serious for the film for the show, then who's the who's the counterpart? Like, I know there's those two employees that that uh, Amanda Waller shoved him off onto. But then again, I yeah. don't know if that, I guess she doesn't know who actually knocked her out because the other lady knocked her, knocked her out. It wasn't even the blonde chick or the, or the chubby bearded guy. So I wonder yeah. why they were the, I wonder why they were the scapegoats. Maybe they were the, maybe cause they were the leaders of the head or the heads. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. Peacemaker, uh, he's a tank, man. He survived, but I don't know if, I don't know if he needed to keep living. Uh, and it's yet another, I think, another reflection of the of the of the dying ideal and morality, or at least the perception of that in in America, where Rick Flag dies, and we can't have someone like that. 
Mm-hmm. It, there's no place for a man like Rick Flag in the modern world, and Peacemaker is the person that we need. You know, it's yeah. very rem- it's very reminiscent of the of the Winter Soldier, and and some of the other issues that I have with the Winter Soldier trying to trying to like step its toes into this in these in these the political discussions, um, but not a, not fleshing it out to the extent where it seems to have an awareness of of all sides of it. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, there we go. I think that'll do it for this episode of Rising Action. Tyler, thanks so much for joining us. Thank this you for was having me. A blast. Is there fun. anything you want to plug before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, yeah, you can follow uh, my podcast on YouTube. It's the Party Hard Podcast. We also have some video game playthroughs uh, sporadically thrown around there, and you can check out our podcast streaming anywhere. You can also leave us a review on the places where it's an option, like Google Podcast. Uh, we're also on Spotify that's pretty much it. You can follow me on Instagram if you want on my highly active social media account. Uh, <laughs> at, I think it's at Tyler underscore in underscore Sanchez. And yeah, that's pretty much it. You can check out our review on the Suicide Squad that we did and all of our other many, many movies. We run through cult classics. We're running through Avatar The Last Airbender. We did the first original 10 blockbusters. We did all of the Star Wars uh, cinematic stories and we're going through the conjuring right now as well which is a slog but anyway (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of conjuring that'll do it for this one goodbye peace maker thank you for listening to another episode of rising action you can follow us on instagram at rising action underscore and we will see you in the next episode